And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. And here's um, uh, welcome back to part two of of, of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host Tony Defio. If you downloaded part two, I thank you for that. If you are if you stuck with me on on YouTube and Facebook, I thank you for that too. And I, I'm sorry, I was distracted with the uh, live chat. And, and this is from Ezra. This is what I mean about people always wanting wanting to you know like they put too much stock in in in, in certain parts of the offseason. And he says, so if we don't resign Connor. Snail, he means Benny Snell. He's not a fan. As you can tell, Ezra's not a big fan of, of uh, Benny Snell Jr. Snail is our day one starter? No, because that's what the draft is for. You don't know what's going to happen with the draft. Maybe they get to the 24th pick in, 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 in the first round, and maybe there's maybe uh, they have to decide between Creed Humphrey and one of the running backs. Uh, maybe... Two of those running backs are gone. Maybe Najee Harris is gone and Etienne is gone uh, from Clemson. And the only one that's left of the, of the big three is Javante Williams. Maybe that's somebody they thought they, they could have gotten the second round, but they get him in the, in the first round. They, 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 tra- they draft him at 24. Or maybe they get one of those guys in the second round because you can get a running back. I really get running back in the second round. We've seen it in the past. We saw it last year. So uh, it doesn't mean anything yet. It, 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 it just means that 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 if they don't resign Connor, it just means that running back is still a, a high priority heading into the draft. And it, 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 they could address it in the first round. They could address it in the second round. They could address it in the third round. And if, and if they do draft a running back in one of those three rounds, they're probably doing so with an idea that he could be their starter sooner rather than later. Uh, especially with a running back, a running back, you can, you can you can um, uh, uh, not even know the playbook, you know, and 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 still uh, play a lot as a, as, a, as a rookie because it's all about just you know finding the hole, hitting the hole, uh, instincts. I mean, it's the one as they say, uh, running backs maybe the one position that you can you can uh, you can excel at as a rookie, and still you know not totally you know like not be up to snuff on, on the playbook. So. It doesn't mean that that Snell will be the starter. It just means that they didn't resign Connor, and and maybe they're make they're going to make running back a, a, a high priority in the draft. So that's uh, that's one to one to address that. That was a uh, a question from Ezra. I think it was rhetorical, but but I I, I addressed it anyway. Um, and then the next thing I want to talk about is uh, the 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 resigning of Tyson Alualu. Talk about a shocker, huh? Nobody saw that coming. I don't think anybody saw him leaving when it was first reported at the beginning of, of the free agency period that he was signing with the Jaguars. I think everybody was like, yeah, I know I was. We were like, I can't believe this. That, that's that's one problem I didn't expect them to have is is trying to find a Lou's replacement. Like he at, at the age of 33, he'll be 34 uh, next month. Uh, he seemed like somebody that that would be pretty easy to, to retain e- easy enough anyway, but you know, the Jaguars offered him a lot of guaranteed money. Um, that was his original team. So he, he signed with them, but in the interim, he wound up contracting COVID-19. Uh, so he couldn't really sign the contract. He agreed to terms, but he couldn't sign the actual contract. 
So uh, he sat around for 10 days. I guess he was in quarantine. And, and I guess the more he thought about it, his family's here. His family's settled here. Uh, he reportedly has built his dream house. He has kids. And he decided, to, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, change my mind. And I'm going to come back to Pittsburgh. Apparently, there were people trying to recruit him, which I, you know, his teammates were trying to recruit him and get him to stay. And, and I can certainly see why. So Alulu's back. And I think it's great. And that is one free agent signing or a re-signing that you can say, okay, that kind of takes defensive line off the table. You know, not that, that a lose, uh, you know, a long-term answer there, but I mean, that's one of the, the areas of the team, at least as far as starters are concerned, as long as you have a Lulu back, it's pretty darn strong with, with Hayward, a Lulu, and of course to it, uh, the depth might be a little shaky, but in terms of, of, of a starting uh, three and I, and again, I realize. There's, there are a lot of sub packages now in, in, in the modern NFL and modern defenses. And Alulu doesn't play nearly as much as uh, Hayward and Tuit, but he's still considered a starter in their base defense. So to have him back and, and to have that, that, uh, that line still intact, at least the starters, I think it's a, a big deal. And now they can focus uh, on, on other areas of their defense and trying, trying to maybe add a, a, another inside linebacker, maybe another cornerback, although. I'm sure they're pretty high on Justin Lane and, and James Pierre. And I know they, they're high on Cam Sutton. So uh, who was a recent draft pick as well. So we'll see. And, and, and you know, a, a lot of people applauded Lulu for, for having a change of heart and, and they applauded the Steelers uh, culture. A lot of people um, are under the impression that it's a bad environment, that locker room and, you know, but uh, Juju resigned and Lulu resigned. So I, I think it says a lot about, the kind of organization that the Steelers have and, and, you know, just because they don't win championships doesn't mean it's a, you know, it's a, it's a toxic environment. It, it just means maybe they don't, they don't have uh, enough talent to win a, a championship or they haven't had enough luck or they've had some, un, you know, untimely injuries, right. You know, there's a lot that goes into winning a championship and there's a lot that goes into not winning a championship. And it's not just because, uh, uh, you have uh, a lot of players with bad attitudes or, or lack of desire or whatever, you know, so it was nice to see. And, and I'm sure he took, I'm sure he took less money ultimately to come here. I, I don't know what the, the deal was. I'm sure it was similar on paper, but I'm, I, I almost guarantee you he didn't get quote unquote, the no pun intended, the same kind of guaranteed money he would have gotten from Jacksonville. I think he was set to, to get 4 million in guaranteed money or, or close to 4 million in, his last deal that he signed here prior to this one, I think the, the, the only guaranteed money he got up front was $1.75 million. So it, it's probably a similar deal, but he's at, again, he's at the end of his career. He's made a decent amount of money. Um, maybe he feels like, you know, the, the, the amount of money he would have made, the extra money he would have made in Jacksonville uh, wasn't enough to, to unroot his family and, or uproot his family, I should say, and, and, uh, and move them <laughs> thousands of miles away again. So it was nice to see. And uh, it was a pleasant surprise. So that's, that's all I wanted to say about that. And let's see what else we have here as far as comments from the live chat. And, and of course there's uh there's always uh always a uh, talk. Talking about Randy.
Yeah, poor Randy, he's gone now. People are still giving him trouble. Cree says, Randy was terrible at play calling. When the D knows what the O is running before the ball snapped, not good. And I'm sure there was a lot, there was some of that there, uh, but it was also, I think, uh, I think the talent was uh, was uh, lacking in some areas too. So, especially on the line, I think the line was, I think the line played a, a bigger role in than 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 anything else. Just my opinion. But now, I'm, now I'm on Team at Canada. I, I can't wait to see what, what innovations and 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 uh, unpredictability he can bring to the. Uh, table now i just wanted to close out tonight's show i'm going to take some questions of course but i wanted to close out my portion of the show the q a is always your portion of course and i want to talk about my, my favorite draft memory and that occurred believe it or not way back in 1987 i was just shy of turning 15 and it was last year that the draft was held on a tuesday morning believe it or not back then the draft came on on a weekday morning. Uh, it was seven o'clock, no, no prime time. It was all held on the same day. And my mom let me uh, stay home from school that day. Probably a mistake considering I'm still trying to uh, uh, find out what I want to do when I grow up, but whatever. Uh, she let me stay home from school and watch it. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was it was a tremendous amount of fun, and it was my it was the first time I really got to, to sit around and watch the draft the entire thing, and of course that was the year that they drafted Rod Woodson tenth overall. Uh, nobody nobody expected him to still be there. I mean, and if you look at his career resume, he probably should have been the first player picked that year. Um, but uh, the thing I you know I I found interesting about that draft is um, Chuck Knoll who was the coach at the time, he didn't even reportedly, he didn't send anybody to produce pro day or whatever they called it back then, because he didn't think there was any way that Rob Woodson would still be there at number 10. And, uh, you know, the Browns, they drafted some linebacker named Mike Junkin or Jenkin or whatever his name was. Obviously, if I can't remember his name, it shows you how much of an impact he made, but a lot of, a lot of teams passed over Woodson and, and, uh, he fell in their laps and uh, they, they drafted him. So I guess, I guess the moral of that story is um, the, the pro day is not always an indicator of, of, uh, of uh, what a team's going to do because you just never know if, if a, w w w how a team's going to respond. If, if a player that they didn't expect to be there falls, you know, drops to them. So, but you know, it was, it was, a, it was a fun day and, and um I didn't even know who Rob Woodson was, but I was just happy that I got to be home from school and, and everybody just, everybody universally praised the pick, which is not, which is not normal. Uh, usually when, 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 when the Steelers make a, a, their first round selection, it's probably like 60, 40, 70, 30 um, in favor of the pick. There's, there's rarely universal praise for a pick. And, and with Rob Woodson, there was, and I, it's something, uh, yeah, it's rare. And the following year, 1988, that was the year that they moved the draft to Sundays. I think it started at noon. And, and that was my least favorite memory because I wanted them to draft Lorenzo White or John Stevens. And they drafted Aaron Jones. And here's a $5 super chat from Snowman, our resident 
Robin Masters, and I forgot it. I, I, I didn't see it initially, but he, he pledges $5, and I thank you for that. And he says, no matter who the Steelers pick, not everyone is going to be happy. Happy Easter family. And no truer words have ever been spoken. No matter who they pick, somebody's going to be angry. I remember people were angry about TJ Watt. So there you go. But um, anyway, the following year, Pittsburgh selected Aaron Jones, the defensive end from Eastern Kentucky, who I had never heard of. And uh, that was a big disappointment for me. I could not get over that. And, um, of course, Aaron, Aaron Jones, he had a nothing career. He played for a few teams, really uh, didn't do anything. His first uh, offseason uh, – before his rookie year, he predicted that he would get like 18 sacks for the Steelers and which was nice to have that kind of confidence, but I don't even think he had 18 sacks his entire career. So he was a big disappointment, but that draft did teach me a lesson that has, that has stayed with me for what it's 33 years now. And that's, it's all about the big picture. And that draft was pretty nondescript overall. However, in the second round, they drafted this center out of Kentucky named Ramondi Dawson. At the time, I was pretty disappointed. I'm like, why aren't they getting some exciting players? This is crap. And then, of course, in the third round, they drafted Chuck Lanza, another center. So we're like, my uncle and I were the same age. We're watching the draft. I'm like, why do they keep drafting centers? This is crap. Later on in that draft, they picked John Stevens, or not John Stevens, John Jackson, who was a, an offensive tackle from Eastern Kentucky. Uh, where they drafted Aaron, Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones. And John Jackson went on to have a pretty decent career as a, as a left tackle for the Steelers. He played for them for 10 years. Uh, by the time he left here after the 97 season, he was a pretty um, uh, integral part of their team, and, and, and they didn't want him to leave. But he, but he, you know, he wanted to you know, get one huge contract before he, before he retired, and that's what he did. Uh, no, no, nothing wrong with that. And of course, you know about Dawson, Hall of Fame center, maybe the greatest center in team history. You can certainly uh, make an argument for that between him and Mike Webster. But regardless, he was he was a, a legend. So uh, those picks weren't exciting at the time. Excuse me, they weren't exciting at the time, but they paid dividends over over time. I think that's that's an important lesson to learn. Um, not that I'm trying to preach to you about how to feel about the Steelers pick, but I always go back to last year. Uh, Chase Claypool, they, 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 somebody found out about who, who they were going to pick in the second round. Well, before I could see it on TV and it was, it was posted all over Twitter and I'll never forget that one person with the capital, all capitals. No, you know, like it was like the worst, uh, thing that ever happened. And of course, Chase Claypool had a great rookie year. So you just never know, you know, it's exciting to, to when they draft an, uh, uh, a known player in, in, in the first round, uh, a skill position player, quarterback, running back, it's all exciting, but you know, it's really all about the fall and the winter and, and, and what they can do over the long haul. So that's about all I want to talk about tonight. And I will, Open things up to some questions. And here is one from Eric Piera. And he says, can we afford Justin Houston or keeping Connor? Maybe Carl Joseph. 
I don't know. I uh, probably Connor's your your best bet there as far as somebody they can afford. Justin Houston to me, he seems like somebody who might be kind of at the end of the rope as far as uh, what he could add. I mean, he might be a, a decent veteran to bring in for depth. Carl Joseph, I mean, obviously he's not going to be a starter. He would be a backup, so they could probably afford all three of those guys. Um, Carl Joseph seems to be one who's been linked to Pittsburgh lately. So maybe it's somebody that, that they're uh, interested in, but it, it all depends on, on what he's looking for and, and what they can afford to pay him. I mean, uh, money's always going to be a problem with them under their current uh, cap situation. So let's see what else we have here. And uh, here's one from Devin Logan. And he asks, Who's the biggest playmaker would have a shot at, at getting at 24? If you mean on offense, probably one of the running backs, uh, Najee Harris and Etienne, Javante Williams. If you're talking about defense, I don't know. I mean, it could be, I know a lot of people love uh, Collins from, from Tulsa. He seems like somebody who could, who could, if he, if he, if, if, if he's the real deal, he could be a, a special player in the NFL. I know receivers are pretty deep. I've seen a lot of receivers uh, pick to go around the time Pittsburgh does, but I don't obviously don't see them drafting a receiver in the first round. So if I had to pick one, it'd probably be one of the running backs. Uh, there's almost a hundred percent guarantee that one of those running backs is going to be there at 24. It's just a matter of does Pittsburgh prioritize that position over another one. Uh, or, or are they confident that, that they're going to get a, a good back in the second or third round? I don't know. We'll see. And here's one from Donald Nolan. And he's, and he asks another draft question. I'm really slow tonight. I'm sorry. I'm having a, I guess, connection issues. And he asks, there we are. Tony, do you take Tevin Jenkins offensive tackle, great run blocking guy or Creed Humphrey center, which you wrote about in your article. I, if Creed Humphrey is there and there's a plethora of tackles there, a few tackles and you feel like you can get one in a later round. I would definitely go with uh, Creed Humphrey because I think uh, what you have on your uh, currently on the roster, you, you just signed Zach Banner. You just signed Joe Haig. You, obviously you have Shooks for another year. Uh, I think that position is, is in, in a little bit better shape than center. So I would definitely go with Humphrey. And it doesn't mean any of those uh, tackles that they already have are, are, are the answer. We don't know yet. That's, that's, that's what's so intriguing about this draft is is they have they're, they're young at, 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 at tackle but it doesn't mean that, that, that they're set at tackle uh uh robert spillane he showed a lot last year in filling in for bush but it doesn't mean he's he's gonna continue to progress uh running back i mean gosh uh <coughs> it's um what they currently have is like there's nothing there that you can really feel great about so there's there's um and, and tight end tight end's another one where they don't have they don't have a number two tight end but at the same time uh it doesn't appear that there's more than one uh true first round prospect uh in the draft so th th there's so many question marks uh, i could see them going in any any number of directions but it's all going to depend on on who's there when they pick, which is obviously a, a, a no duh Tony uh, statement for me, but that's, that's how it is. It, and that's what, that's what's so intriguing about the draft, especially when you're drafting at the end of the first round, like they are, you just don't know how it's going to fall. You just don't know. It could be, uh, it, you know, I've seen 
like eight to 10 tackles with first round grades. I've seen, um, uh, what lots of cornerbacks with first round grades, corn, you know, C, C cornerbacks. And, uh, but I've only seen three running backs who are, who are considered first round candidates and, and, and Williams last time I, the last uh, big board I, I saw, he was ranked 43rd or something. So you don't know. And there's, and that's another thing about it. there's like, there's so many uh, different uh, opinions out there about the draft. It's, uh, it's funny. And let's see, uh, according to Ezra, Felicia has a mic drop. I got to find out what her mic drop is. Hopefully it's not at my expense, but even if it is, you go, you go for it. And let's see what she says. She says, Cree Motes gave me a shout out like the BTSC staff does. I was on two cruises with him. I am so silly. I was Motes' lifeline at a game he was playing. Wow. Felicia is a legend. She's a legend. She was, uh, she, she, Art the second, I, from what I understand, answered one of her questions at, at his recent press conference. So Felicia is a, she's a legend and mic drop indeed. Let's see what else we have here from you guys. And here's one from James Barnhart. And he asked, Jesse James is available. Any chance of getting him? Yeah. I mean, why not? Uh, he has a history with the team. Uh, he's His best role is as the number two tight end. They need a number two tight end. Um, I, 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 just like everything else, it, it all comes down to price. So I would certainly uh, give that a consideration. And here's one from Ezra. Sign AP, meaning Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, and call it a day. Uh, if you do that, you might have to have a, uh, a doctor on standby because those guys are getting up there. But they've uh, they, 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 they've definitely uh, beat beaten the odds when it comes to, to running backs and longevity. I don't know. Like Frank Gore, he <laughs> seems like he's been playing since the early 2000s. And same with uh, uh, all day, Adrian Peterson. But uh, yeah, I'm sure they're going to go in a different direction. I think they want to get younger and 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 find somebody at the beginning of his career at that position. I think it's the best way to go. <clears throat> and here's one from here we are from Eric Pereira again. He says Mike Tomlin was at Notre Dame. <clears throat> was he looking at tight end or O line or someone else? Any inside scoop, Tony? I do not have any inside scoop on that. Um, I know they have a, a a decent tackle prospect whose name I forget. I was I, I saw it on the uh, one of the big boards. I can't think of his name. I'm sure you guys know it, but uh, there's I think they have an outside linebacker too. That's that's pretty good, but I don't see them going in that direction. I don't have any scoop, no. Uh, but they've they've gone to a lot of pro days. I mean, they've been at Georgia's. Uh, I think they've been in Alabama's. Uh, I think they were at Tulsa. I think they were at Tulsa. I'm not sure. Um, but they've been at a lot of pro days, so it's hard to it's hard to say uh, what they're looking at. But they're they're, they're clearly uh, uh, covering all their tracks. That's what, that's what that's what all these teams do. They 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 hit as many pro days as they can. They they they're constantly studying tape and and uh measurements and 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 doing interviews and you know they're, they're this is such a thorough process now that you know there are no more secrets the only secret is what what they're thinking and, and they're never going to tell us and if they do tell us something 
they can go in a completely different direction because they're 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 so worried, they're so paranoid about about uh, somebody coming along and stealing their thunder, so to speak. And here's one from Ezra, and he says, "My inside scoop: Pouncey comes back before the draft to save us a pick." Wow, that would be a scoop. I mean, that would be uh, that'd be amazing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see that happening, but you never know. I didn't see a Lulu coming back either. If I had to bet on it, probably not. But you know, Harrison came back how many times? Uh, James Harrison after he retired. So, on that note, I think I'm going to call it a night. I thank you uh, for your participation. I thank Snowman for the for the donation. Congratulations on to Felicia for her for for being a celebrity now. It's, it, you guys are awesome. I hope you have a, a great holiday weekend, and I will talk to you on Monday with Brian Anthony Davis. So you guys have a great weekend, and I and go Steelers. Take care.